Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There's yeses and nos. And a lot of people think the no's are because God is a bad God. He's trying to keep me from fun. That fruit from that tree must have been fantastic. Why did you limit that one? They don't look at 999 others that are awesome. Is that your concept of God? Of course not. He's not trying to keep you from experiencing and enjoying life. He's trying to keep you from destroying your life. There are a lot of people who look at God as a sort of cosmic killjoy. They point to the fall as their prime example. All they did is eat a piece of fruit, they say. But as Pastor Mark tells us, they missed the other side of the argument. Adam and Eve had every other fruit to eat. Why wouldn't they just leave this one fruit alone? The fact is that God had given them all of creation to enjoy. He only warned them about one tree of everything else. This illustrates the problem with sin. It focuses on what we can't have rather than all of the blessings God has made available to us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 3 with part 2 of his message, Because God says so, I will listen with a servant attitude. I want you to write this down. You need to see what this means. The Bible is number one. It's the voice of God. The Bible, number two, is the word of God. And number three, the Bible is the mind of God. If you want to know what God's thinking Hello, it's the Bible. If you want to know what he thinks about any subject, it's the Bible. It's the word. It's true. It absolutely is not out of date. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will always remain. So when you see that, you have to understand this. When we read the word of God, is God speaking to us? Okay, Ten of you got that. Let's go back again. When we read the Bible, when you read the Bible, when you hear the Bible, is God speaking to us? Okay. Has God spoken to you so far this morning? Yeah, because I've read what? I read about Red Skelton. No. (laughs) That's an illustration. Remember the verses I've read to you already? When we read the verses in Genesis, was God speaking to us? When I read to you about Mary and Joseph, was God speaking to us? Yeah. When I talked to you right here, here's my son, listen to him. Was God speaking to us? Every single one of us. See, you've heard God speak. You just never knew it was God. 
But there's something very interesting. That Greek word, listen, doesn't just mean constantly ongoing. It implies if I listen, I'm going to automatically obey. Next teaching. Doesn't do any good to listen unless I obey. Why would I listen? And you'll see that. So this morning, you've heard God speak to you. Say, well, Pastor Margaret only only heard you speak. Now, I'm just means. I'm just a conduit. God speaks through his word, and it's my voice, but you're hearing God speak to you. I just want to turn to your neighbor and say to them, God's speaking to me right now. Just turn to God speaking to me right now. Now, if you go out here and you go to the mall today and you meet somebody and you say to your waitress, they serve you, you know, God spoke to me today. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Tell them you went to another church, not this church. Because <laughs> you don't have time to explain it to them. See, they think you're like weird. Drugs, get them out of here, whatever. No, but the longer you're around, this should be natural to us. This should not be a surprise to anybody. Because the word of God is living and active. It goes right to our heart. But we go like, "Eh, it's words. No, it's God speaking to us. Now, here's another question. Okay, Pastor Mark, I get it. But why should I listen to God? It's a good question. Why should I listen to God? Well, this is Psalms 19. And when you see the words instructions... Decrees, commandments, and commands, they all just mean the Bible. So I'll kind of read it that way. The instructions of the Lord, the words in the Bible are what? What does perfect mean? Does it mean 92%? No, it's perfect. The word of God is all true. Reviving the soul. It gives me encouragement when I get discouraged. Now, the decrees of the Lord, the Bible, are trustworthy Making wise, the simple, anybody that's a Christian can hear the word of God and it starts to make sense to them. Of course, that's why we have pastor teachers to unravel the word of God, to show you what it says. And there's many ways to do that today. So you can learn what God is really saying to you. And normally we just go through a book of the Bible, but I, God just said to me back in November, here's what I want you to do for the first eight weeks. Deal with success in life because everybody's kind of thinking about that. Well, 17 be better than 16. And we have so much problems in our marriages and the church outside the church. Just going to address that. Now let's look at the next one. The commandments of the Lord are right. They bring joy to the heart and the commands of the Lord are clear. Now, look at these last words. Our clear giving insight for living. Here is how to do your life right. It's simple. It's right there. Now, why do I want to listen to God? Here it is. Write it down. We listen to God because God knows things we don't know. God understands our society and how it works. God understands each of us better than anyone else. God is wiser than any writer of any book. 
God is more caring than any human counselor. And God knows the future in each of our individual futures. When I have conversations with people, thinking in counseling, what is the, when we counsel, and by the way, we counsel from the Word of God. That's our counselor, the Word of God. And when we do that, the first thing I will say with, with couples, let's say marriage counseling. I don't do that anymore because I don't have time, but we have plenty of people to do that and all kinds of counseling. In couples that have had trouble, I'll say to them this after they fill out the forms. Let me ask you, do both of you want your marriage to survive? Do you want to make it successful? Are you willing to forget the affairs, the past, the whatever? Blah, 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 blah. Are you willing to forget that and you want your marriage to survive? Usually, what do both spouses say? Of course, that's why we're here. But I've learned over the years, one will say it. And they don't mean it. So if they don't mean it, guess what? It's a waste of time. But can you fool God with that? No, he, he goes, <clears throat> excuse me, let me ask you a question again. See, I'm not wise enough. Sometimes I get the discernment from God. When you have a counselor, remember, what, what is good? What, what our relationships depend on two-way communication. It has to be ongoing and what? Honest. So you can fool lots of people. And when God begins to speak to you from his word, you can say, well, that's not my problem. And people go, well, it couldn't be his problem. But it is. Now understand, here's what you want to write. Watch this. What God says to us is more useful than what anyone else has to say. It doesn't matter who they are. doesn't matter how wise they are. doesn't matter how much PhDs. There's nobody wiser than God. And that's why I want to listen to him. Because he knows all about me. By the way, he loves me. And he loves me. And he's for me. He's not against me. So I need to do that. Turn in your Bibles to Old Testament. Halfway through the Old Testament, you'll find Psalms. And go right to Proverbs. Right to Proverbs. Right next to Psalms. Now, this is the passage of Scripture we're all familiar with if you've been in church. And it just reminds us that no person, I don't care who you are, can do life without listening to God and his word. We were designed not to live that way. It won't work. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, now remember, God is speaking to us right now. In all our ways, Acknowledge him, God, you're God, you know, I don't know, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. Only God is all-knowing. He sees us from a different perspective. That's why right from the beginning, God spoke to Adam and Eve. Can you imagine if God put Adam and Eve in the garden and never said anything to them? What in the world would you do? They had no clue. But God put them there. 
And basically, he said this, together, if you'll listen to me and obey me, your lives will be filled with purpose and meaning and success, and we're going to have a great time of doing life together. Let me give you an example of how that worked. When God created Adam and Eve, I'm sure one day he came to Adam and said, Adam, how you doing now that I've created Eve? Right on, baby. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't even know Jesus. Now, the next thing he says, as he's speaking to Adam earlier, and Adam communicated it with his wife, there's probably thousands of fruit trees. And God said this, Adam, have whatever you want from any of the trees. You can't eat from this one tree. Because when you do, you'll be separated from me. I'm giving you a free will. Choose me or choose your own wisdom. Now, here's a thousand trees. And what if God says after that, don't eat from that one tree? He says, have a nice life. What would be the first question you would ask yourself? What tree are you talking about? Adam, have a nice life. What kind of a God would do that? Thousand trees. Oh, let's try some of this. No, Eve, you try it first. (laughs) He didn't get love yet. (laughs) So they eat it. Let's go to this one. What kind of life would that be? No, they knew exactly what tree not to go to. When you're a parent and you have little children, would you, in this parking lot or on this road, take a one or two-year-old Sit on a bench and see what they do. Stupid question. If your child heads toward the street, what's a loving parent going to do? No! You're going to run after them? Come back here. Why? Because you don't like them? No, because you love them. You see, in this book, there's yeses and nos. And a lot of people think the no's are because God is a bad God. He's trying to keep me from fun. That fruit from that tree must have been fantastic. Why did you limit that one? They don't look at 999 others that are awesome. Is that your concept of God? Of course not. He's not trying to keep you from experiencing and enjoying life. He's trying to keep you from destroying your life. And so... I want you to write this. Listen, be excited. We get to do life with our all-wise God, just like Adam and Eve did right from the beginning of time. We are not wise enough to do life on our own. That's why God gave us his words. That's why God speaks to us. The necessity of that is there. Now, when we come to the New Testament, remember, things changed. God would speak to every Christian. In the Old Testament, different. New Testament, that's where we live today. In the Bible, per se, Jesus was called a shepherd, and you and I would be called sheep. That was kind of the analogy that was used, because sheep were a very common thing. Look at this verse. Jesus is speaking it. My sheep, in other words, people who are Christians, who have a relationship, who've asked forgiveness of their sins, my sheep, this is just a statement, it's a fact, They listen to my voice. And where would that voice be today? The primary voice, where would it be? The word of God. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. I'll come back to that in a moment. And they don't just listen. They do what? They obey. They follow 
me. You'll see that at the end. God isn't going to waste his time talking to you and me if we refuse to do what he says. Why would he waste his time doing it? He won't do it. Now, he's patient with us. But understand, our concept of God determines how we relate. When I told you this morning that God cares for you and that he knows you and he wants to have that personal relationship with you, most people who are not Christians, they can't believe that at all because they believe God as a distant, impersonal God, not interested in their lives at all. But notice what this is. My sheep. It's very personal. He wants a relationship with every one of us. Every one of us are his creation. He wants us to do life with him. And that understanding reminds us of something. Basically this. That verse, let me read it to you again. Just stop and listen. Remember, this is God speaking to you. I'll make it personal. You, for a Christian, are my sheep. And you listen to me, to my voice. I know you, and you follow me. That's how personal it is. Now, that word know is an interesting no. It means, in the Old Testament, same word, Adam knew his wife. What, is, what does that mean? That's intercourse. And they had children. So it's a very intimate word. They know, I know them. You see, before you're married, before you're married, you're dating. And you think you know your spouse. Before you're married. I've been dating them for two years. I know all about them. <laughs> Surprise. Now, if you're a Christian, you're not having sex. You're waiting. On that night, when you're married and you have intercourse, you know them. You know them. You really, you know, the flags go up. Everything's having an exciting time together. I'm, I'm, no, let's not even go back there. I have to go back a long way to remember that. But I can remember it, baby. If you can't, something wrong with you right here. Get that blue pill, get that thing straightened out, and go good. Now, come on back, come on back. We'll have trouble, we'll have a lot of time, a lot of fun in the house. All right, now come on back. Why did God design it that way? Now, some of you have failed in that. God forgives could I hear an amen? amen? We can start over. Well, why did God do that? Because that's the most intimate thing that can ever happen between a couple. Why? This is what our relationship should be with God. I know them. It's between you and God. It's fantastic. And they follow me. Would you write this down? Here's where we have to get excited. Listen, be encouraged. We can hear God speak, and then we can obey and do life right. Notice that doesn't say, some of my sheep will hear me. No, every Christ follower, every Christian will hear God speak. Now, many people, some of you here, you know about God, that there is a God. You might even believe that there's a God, but you don't know him personally. Like I said, before you're married, you kind of know about your spouse. You know their name, you know their habits, some of them anyway. But until there's an intimacy of a personal relationship, then you really know them. 
And I'm going to give an opportunity for some of you at the end of the service to go like, well, Pastor Mike, I'd really like to be able to do life successfully and do a marriage right. The person am I dating? Is that right? He has all those answers for you. But first, you have to know him. You have to confess your sins. You have to become a believer. That's what the life of a Christian is all about. Now, turn with me, Old Testament, 1 Samuel. Old Testament, 1 Samuel. You, you see where it is. It's kind of about a quarter of the way through the Old Testament. So just turn there. Now, let me give you some history as we go there. Remember, I told you in the Old Testament that God didn't speak to individuals very rarely, except leaders, prophets, kings, priests, those kind of things, Jewish priests. The nation of Israel was created for one reason. The nation of Israel... God created, God Abraham, who is a pagan, made a relationship with him. And the whole purpose for the nation of Israel was to be light to the surrounding world. Back in the Old Testament, not too different from today, to be honest, most of the people were pagans. They would worship a stone, a tree, anything, any kind of an idol. They didn't know there was a true God that could be known personally. They, by the way, if this was a, let's say this was an idol, just as a representative of an idol, would you ever go to a place and worship and, and the person that's a pagan says, you know what, if you listen closely, you can hear this idol speak. Well, no, they could never hear it speak. It's not alive. We have a God that's alive. He speaks to us. So Israel was created to say to them, don't worship things. Don't worship idols. There's a true God that created you. You were created by the living God, Yahweh. But they didn't do it. And here's what would happen. In those days, when Abraham got started, the pagans would take their little children and burn them to death as an offering to this idol. And the the valley of Gehenna was filled with babies being burned. That's how far it went. Also included, if you come to a church, this was a pagan church, there'd be prostitution in the church as a worship to pagan gods. So God sent Israel to be a light. No, no, don't do that. Here's how to worship God. You can have a relationship with him. And it started out good. And then pretty soon, this is how the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, here's how they live. Hmm, Love God, listen to God, don't listen. Love God, don't listen. Do my own thing, do my own thing. And their whole life was what? Up, down, up, down, up, down. Where I'm going to read to you this morning, it was a downtime. The Jewish people were not interested in listening to God. The Jewish leader, Eli, the priest, the judge, He had been a judge 40 years. He wasn't interested at this point in listening to God. Today, Pastor Mark taught us what the Bible has to say about our relationship with God. He told us some of what the scriptures say regarding our ability to know God and the means for us to receive that knowledge. It's important for us to remember that God is always reaching out to us, inviting us to know Him more, but that it has to be on his terms. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. The next portion of this message will complete the sermon, Because God Says So, I Will Listen with a Servant's Heart. We will hear more about the story of Samuel and his first encounters with God. We'll learn the importance of reading God's Word and how we need to just trust Him and to be those obedient sheep, remembering that we are servants of God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.